This is Optimus Prime, calling all Autobots, and these are your primes, Matt. And Max. Coming to you with that sparking live Transformers content you know and love, this is the last of the Witwickens, a Transformers roundtable discussion, a subcast of the Has Brothers. Um, yeah, and so Transformers, uh, you know, uh, transform and... Oh, right, are we not at the end yet? Hmm? Oh man, maybe this was just paced really fast. Sorry about that. Um, but you know, I have something I can fix that. Oh yeah, what was that? Uh, my weapon, because sh- she'll stop the time. <laughs> Way to spoil the best part of the movie. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> anyway, all right, I'm anyway, do it for a goof. We've been waiting to. I've been waiting for us to get here. This is uh, we're talking. We're discussing Transformers: The Last Night, the movie that made me want to do this. <laughs> So, all right, let, let, let me state Rather, this. Rather, the movie that made me want, that, that made me and Max watch all of the Transformers movies. <laughs> For some <laughs> terrible, terrible curse. Uh, okay, I'll, let, let me state this straight up. Uh, Transformers 4 was easily the best one. Transformers The Last Night is the stupid one that you have to talk about. Oh, yeah, for sure. For like, sure. I don't um, think I ever want to watch it again, except with someone who hasn't seen it before. <laughs> No, for that's this is what we said in the last podcast. <laughs> but like, um, man, is it is it a fucking ride? And this movie is not a short movie, right? This is a uh, you know two and a half hour movie, and it never slows down. No, it really doesn't. It it goes through so many concepts and gets so complicated. And we're starting to get back to up to Dark of the Moon levels of Transformers. There's 30 different robots in this movie. Um, discluding things, d- discluding the unnamed random objects that show up in this movie that are unrelated to the Allspark or the So you're saying this, this doesn't count the watch? This doesn't count the watch. There's Rude. Wow. Because we have to, because it, this uh, this does include the, the Autobots, the Decepticons, and the Knights of Iacon. I thought they were the Knights of Cybertron, so I don't know what Iacon is. No, um, the Knights of Cybertron is what Optimus Prime and the Dinobots were. This is something else. This is a different, yeah, no. Thanks Transformers Wiki for letting me know there is a third Transformers allied faction in addition to the others. I have a feeling the sixth movie, which we do know there is a sixth movie happening, will get intensely more complicated. All right. So firstly, let's let's just start out. Um, uh, Pretty successful movie, but easily the lowest grossing movie of the franchise. Like if you're talking about just a movie, it's fine and successful. But like even when it comes to just watching base, it did poorly. It's the yeah no this is the this is uh the only Transformers movie in the series that didn't break into the top ten highest grossing films of its year. Um, it made it brought in six hundred five million dollars worldwide. Um, which it uh honestly like it didn't even make that much money in China, which uh really surprised investors and producers both. Um, because uh, I guess we can just go into facts. Yeah, well, uh, one, one more thing concerning this I do want to say is um, no matter what with sequels or other spinoffs or what have you, this is the last Michael Bay and the last Mark Wahlberg movie. They both have said they will not come back for more movies. Um, Which is interesting because Mark Wahlberg said he was signed for two more movies, including this one. I don't tell you. He said he wasn't going to. Um, I guess we'll find out what happens in the next one. 
but so they had a lot of people working on this movie when it comes to the script and like I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, it was technically a room for getting ideas for any Transformers sequels, prequels, spinoffs, etc. But they had a lot of people working on it. I mean, a lot. Uh, like, we're looking upwards of 11 people there. Like, is that writers or is that writers and producers? Yeah, writers directors? room. Uh, let's see. Christina Hodson, Damn. Lindsay Beer, Andrew Barr, uh, Gabriel Ferrari, uh, Robert Kirkman, Art, uh, Art Markham and Matt Holloway, Zach Penn, Jeff Pinker, Ken Nolan, Geneva Robertson Dwarit. So here's the thing I'm going to say is when you say how did how did 11 writers make something so incomprehensible? Um Usually the thing from what I understand, and this is me as a layperson who has like a basic per- uh, some knowledge of like movie production, but not like a lot. Um, usually you get like a writer or a pair of writers. And as the script kind of goes, you get writers removed and new writers signed and stuff like that. So usually more writers is, is generally an indication that things are going wrong. Um, well, like, so so this wasn't to like write the entire thing. This was to come up with any ideas for Transformers stuff from that point. Okay. And a lot okay. of these people work on various comic things. Like some of these people, one was uh, like uh, Gabriel Ferrari was the uh, writer for Ant-Man, the movie. Um, Robert Kirkman works for The Walking Dead. Uh, a handful of those people worked on Pacific Rim Uprising. Jeff Pinker worked on Amazing Spider-Man 2, which he is relevant because him and Akiva Goldsman, they're the ones that actually were announced as the proper screenwriters for the film. And okay, the ones so that there were 11 people in the writer's room, but there were only a couple people that actually wrote the script? Correct. Okay. Because, yeah, one of the things I was going to say was, like, you look at a lot of writers, like, a lot of actual, like, writers of the script. And I'll just point out the Super Mario Brothers movie has, like, seven credited writers. <laughs> because it has five different iterations of the script, which are all wildly different. <laughs> Um, so after getting those, uh, them on, um, there was a lot more that went into doing the writing of things, uh, not least of which is that, uh, Akiva Goldsman was actually committed to doing a writer's room for G.I. Joe and Micronauts. So, uh, Paramount negotiated with Art Markham and Matt Holloway, who are the ones who did Iron Man, and as well as, uh, Ken Nolan, who did Black Hawk Down to write the film. Um, and... I don't know what particularly happened because it doesn't mention it anywhere, but at some point it seems Jeff Pinker got removed from top billing. So the story says, like, if you look at the four people credited for the story, it's Keith Goldsman, Art Markham, Matt Holloway, and Ken Nolan. Hmm. Maybe there was a falling out or his ideas got scrapped or he just got fired or something. Yeah, I'm not really sure because it doesn't list any information about that. Either way. Uh, Maybe he just took his name off the project. (laughs) I mean, I can't blame him because, again... This is not a good movie, but this is a fucking majestic train wreck of a movie. Yeah, no, this was a, uh, I'm not going to say too much, but I really genuinely just enjoyed this experience. (laughs) I think I would, I think I enjoyed it, but I wish it could have been a little shorter because it never gives you a chance to breathe for, for two and a half hours. No, it doesn't. It just it just keeps going. It just goes in different directions. Like, just to go to, like, I wish we could talk about another movie. Um, like, Mad Max Fury Road. That movie is one long car chase, but it has sections where you breathe. <laughs> it has sections where, like, the action slows down for, like, a, for, like, a minute. <laughs> and, like, you can, you, you can process what you just saw. <laughs> 
This movie does not do that. This movie like just goes and just it it, it gives you time to process the last scene by giving you a different, a, a very different but equally as intense scene to follow. <laughs> Yeah, because it's because we get we get the um so the opening speech is it has been said throughout the ages without sacrifice there could be no victories there are mysteries to the universe we were never meant to solve I am Optimus Prime and this message is to my creators leave planet Earth alone because I'm coming for you don't I'm coming for you brother I guess there's I guess then we cut away to oh you know well, what I think it it might be it might be Mark Wahlberg does the second opening speech. Because Maybe. since the since the since the fourth movie didn't have an opening speech, we need two. Um, so then it goes. It goes to these are troubled times. Optimus has left us to find his makers. Some say he would never return. His sworn enemy, Megatron, vanished. Without leaders, chaos reigns. Two species of war: one flesh, one metal. The Transformers are declared illegal on this world. The world has set up a new paramilitary force, the TRF, Tran- Transformers Reaction Force. Except in Cuba, Castro lets them sunbathe on his beaches. And yeah, it kind of cuts back and forth. So there's a lot of odd things to go on here, but let's talk about the actual first scene before this, right? Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm also gonna I, I do kind of want to set this up with a few like production facts before oh, sure, we actually sure, jump it. into go this. For it. Get okay. into it. Um, all right. So, um, so I said again early on, we said this was like the lowest grossing movie. Um, it had. A slightly lower opening box office in the, is it in the states than expected. It was like sixty-five million instead of seventy-five million, which I guess actually that's a pretty significant percentage um, when you put those numbers together. It's only it's only uh, although I don't know it's only six sevenths. Um, you motherfucker! Which I've been told is very close. <laughs> uh, all right, but um. The bigger thing was that it was expected to make four hundred million dollars in China, um, because they Transformers, uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction was a fucking phenomenon in China. Like people just loved it. Um, it made a ton of money. It made way more money than they expected for it to make, and it became such a phenomenon that there's like stories about farmers like building their own 50 foot tall uh transformers and to to for and selling them or displaying them on their property oh okay yeah like here just look at the look at this shit um some farmers gave up farming to just build transformers to sell um i mean and pretty good transformer all things considered yeah no holy like these these sculptures are amazing they look really good and yeah just solid metal construction 50 feet tall <laughs> so with that in mind um i'm i don't have any specifics on this but transformers 5 started pandering to the chinese audience because the movie did really well in china so they got they got a hold of a bunch of chinese brands they hired a chinese actress uh Gemma chan i think i'm or Actually, British actress Gemma Chan, who is of Chinese ethnicity, um, but unfortunately, to nobody's to, to nobody's research, nobody in China knows her. <laughs> um, and they they did a lot of things to try and make this appeal to the Chinese. And like many people who get pandered to, the Chinese were sort of insulted. And also, this movie is really confusing, and people like. 
it, you pay $20 for a movie ticket in China, from what I'm reading. People walked out of the theater. Um, that this movie seems had, odd that people walked out of the theater. People walked out and, like, as the like as the movie was approaching the last scene, um, accor- at least according to the one showing that this one reporter I'm, I'm reading this article from went to, which I, I don't I'm, know. I'm genuinely curious what made them walk out, because, like, it wasn't good, and I won't I won't pretend that, but like I feel like after you paid the money, you might as well. So they also um, apparently the other thing was they put in a lot of Chinese brands, uh, I guess, because they got a lot of Chinese marketing deals. And uh, what was the? Let me try and find the line that was said again. Um, Sina, another Sino Weibo user named Wang, uh, echoed their issue with product placement. Even though it's normal to add Chinese elements in a Hollywood blockbuster, it makes the audience uncomfortable when there are so many Chinese brands. Um, and one, uh, one user, another user on Sino Weibo said, "I didn't understand anything about the movie except for all the advertisements for Chinese brands." <laughs> Um, so they tried to have this huge marketing blitz and merchandising blitz and ad deals and stuff. And it just made everybody in China very, uh, I don't know. It, it, it they, they felt very insulted at being pandered to. Well, in like in every capacity, come. this movie did the worst of any of the Transformers movies. Yeah, no, like financial, this, this is, it's not a flop. It's still made more than it's like marketing budget and production yeah. budget. I mean, but it's, it's, it's like, a blockbuster. It still did its job. It just, it still did. It still did. Yeah. It still made money overall. It just like, it, it's crazy. Like they, there's photos here of like, they, they put like life-size versions of the Transformers outside of malls and like put ads everywhere. Like there was, there was a lot of pandering to the Chinese um, which is weird because no part of this movie happens in China. Um, but we'll get, so it was expected to make $400 million. It didn't even make $200 million. So just a wildly overestimated, um, sales figures that, uh, that were just not met anywhere. Uh, one other but thing. Like in, a, in addition to that, like it's, it's not just the money aspect. It also, when it comes to, um, uh other means like for example it's rotten tomatoes rating is the worst by far of the series as well as just average review elsewhere yeah that doesn't surprise me this finally this one finally breaks the trends of movies that people dislike more and more but somehow make more and more money and i guess they just sort of figured that would just keep happening in the same way that like um uh in this in the in the same way that the titans are like man it's gonna be great to be titans forever um so let's see so yeah so this one actually breaks the breaks the mold of critics hating it and it's still being showered in money which i guess it was kind of showered in money but the money showers are slowing let's see um so uh home video version of this has a bunch of differences that we'll hit on as they're relevant um the biggest one is for some reason all the red crosses got changed blue i'm not sure why I can tell exactly why. Is, is that a is that like a trademark thing? Yeah, the thing about the Red Cross, the actual organization, the like medical organization, is they're really, really protective of their symbology, and this comes up all the time. Like a lot of video games have gotten in trouble for this over time and had to patch. So how do they things. deal with like a they get Swiss flag? Uh, Swiss flag is white on red, I believe. I thought it was red on white. I don't remember. Let's look it up. We have time. Uh, white yeah, on red is white on red. Yep. Uh, yeah, right. the, the red cross is like a super big symbol of their organization to the point that they don't let it be used 
anywhere. And I understand, like, why they're so vigilant about it, because if it gets used with an excuse once, then other people try and use it. Yeah, I mean, but, it takes a lot for, like, for a brand to dissolve. Like, it takes a lot to protect that. Like, all the stuff about saying, like, if you're, if anybody does something that's close to your trademark, you have to sue is actually a fallacy. Sure, um, sure. And it does seem, and it does occasionally get to kind of odd conditions, like when, um, the, uh, what is it? The one game where you make prisons, the, like, where it's like Sim City, um, but with prisons. I forget the name of it. Yeah, I know what you're, Prison Architect? Yeah, that's the one. Um, there was a really interesting article I read at one point about how uh, they had been warned, like, to be to uh, remove any symbology of that sort or else they'd get sued when all it was in was on top of an ambulance in one spot that, you know, this, like, total of eight pixels was going to get them sued for a ton of money just because that's how protective of the image they are. Yeah, that does explain also why um, the symbol of pharmacies is a green cross. <laughs> now yeah it's part of it's also why like if you see in video games if they're at all recent they either if they're gonna do red they do white on red and if they do uh and then they'll often do green instead yeah you'll see a lot of like health packs and things be like a green cross on white or a red box with white cross yeah or some yeah it's like on one part yeah people protect their trademark on the other hand it's like weird that you can like be that defensive about a shape that is a color yeah, I I agree. It's a bit. I odd guess on one like, hand, like it's a red cross. Like, how often do you see a a red, like a red cross? I don't know. You don't very often, which is the interesting thing. But uh, I, either way, it's it's something they're very defensive of for one reason or another. And sure, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So that that's makes that's sense. why it'd be gone. Yeah. Um. There were a bunch of other scenes that got. There's a bunch of scenes that got cut for some reason from the. From the film version to the home video version, oh. um, one of the characters, uh, yeah, like there's a, and I, I don't know why it's not, exp- it's not explained anywhere I've seen, but there's like a scene where, we'll, we'll get into it when we get there, um, and uh, some of the robots have multiple voice actors and their voice, so there's actually two different scripts for this. There's the English version, which is the final version of the script. And there's the international version, which has like a couple dozen different lines or lines that are just removed. Okay. Um, which again, as necessary, we'll hit on them. Mostly it was like, it's just, it's, it's like a lot of minor differences, but one thing that does, that does come up is that some parts of the international script was used in the home video version, but because some of the robots had multiple voice actors, but then for the final English version, they did the read. They did redubs with different voice actors. So some robots in this movie have multiple voice actors, which I don't know if you could tell that because voice actors are pretty good at like hitting the same kind of tone. I mean, um, you might but, be able to. We only watch one version, so yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Yeah, I like. I you. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that somebody like changed voices suddenly, but I wasn't looking for it. Um, namely like, let's see, I think, um, I might have the name wrong here, but one of the robots is voiced by both Kevin Barr and John DiMaggio, depending on the version. And the John DiMaggio is the English version, but one of Barr's lines ends up in the home video version because they cut the DiMaggio line and replaced it with the original line. I don't know why. Um, and this is also where I found that Mark Wahlberg was supposed to do three more movies, which I guess he's not doing anymore. Um, Tyrese Gibson was supposed to come back as Robert Epps, um, otherwise known as the, I guess, uh, otherwise known as the black soldier. Um, (laughs) but unfortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how, 
depending on uh, how you view it. Uh, he had to go do Fate of the Furious instead and couldn't make this movie. And, Fortunate for him, at least. Yeah. And also, for some reason, for this movie, there is concept art of Optimus Primal of Beast Wars that suggesting it was supposed to be in the movie, but well, ultimately well, we was did, cut. Well, we did talk about the fact that they had an entire writer's room of coming up with ideas for this film franchise. Yeah, they, and it's just I wouldn't, like I wouldn't put it past because of how already dense this movie is of them being like, well, okay, here's all the things we're going to put in it. And then they'd put in way too many still, but they did cut that one. Yeah. Um, and that's about all I have to... Um, the toy line for this one isn't as big. Um, there were 30 robots and like... There's like a hundred something toys, including the limited release stuff that was sold at cons. So not as many as Dark of the Moon, but I think again they were ho- they were expecting this one to catch on with more like general merchandise and really hoping that China would just kind of uh, carry the load. So that's what I got as far as pre-plot. <laughs> okay, so now we cut to the peasantry and the nobility. We cut to the year of our, We cut to the year of our Lord 484. <laughs> so, uh, our first couple of lines involves talking with Lancelot and King Arthur about whether his wizard was ready for the full battle coming up. Yeah, as um as we as the knights of the round table are just getting like owned by I don't know, generic bad guy yeah, I forget what they looked like in format. It's it's been a hot second, but at the same they, time, they like, were they were like barbarian types. They yeah, were, it's not, they it's were not berserkers like super and stuff like down. that. Yeah, they um, were they were bad guys. They were medieval bad guys. That's all they needed to be. <laughs> yeah, basically, we get a lot of puffery of like, oh no, don't worry, my mighty magician will deal with them and his magic with his magical powers. And then it cuts to Merlin being in heavy armor, so he's like a spellblade in this world, I guess. Uh, drunk as fuck, climbing up a mountain. <laughs> yeah, riding his horse and like taking a swig out of a hip flask, and yeah. So he rides up a mountain into a big cave, uh, but we can tell immediately that the cave is actually like um, like sediment on top of a giant spaceship. Like the cave is too round and too well shaped to be a cave. Yeah, basically. And we learn that Merlin is a fraud and actually instead of magic, he just has met some Transformers. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's all it is. Um and so they talk to him and he's all like, listen, we really need your help. And then they end up granting him a uh, super staff that he can use. And then he uses it to direct uh, three of these Transformers fused together as one giant three headed dragon that breathes fire and fucking crushes them. Yes, uh, it's not named in the film, but the dragon is, uh, I guess, a an actual Transformer named Dragonstorm. Which is a pretty good name. Um, I'm just going to also say. <laughs> <laughs> the three knights of uh of Iacon. I don't know if I'm saying that right at all. I don't think they here, ever here, say this name in the thing. Let me take a look at it. Uh it's just it's it's too many vowels. Iacon, I think. <sighs> Iacon, yeah, okay, that actually sounds familiar. Anyway, the three knights of Iacon that make up Dragonstorm are Stormrain, Dragonicus, and Steelbane. <laughs> Yo, but Dragonicus. All three of them transform into different kinds of dragons, and they form the three-headed dragon, which is great. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. Um, 
But so we cut from that to the new opening uh, intro, which is firstly the clip from Optimus and then being talked to by Mark Wahlberg about how the world is still hunting down Transformers. Um, and he's become a fugitive great. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Does it directly talk about how he's a fugitive? Actually, no, it doesn't speech? say that. We, we, we discovered that through context. Yeah, so we'll get to that shortly, but uh, it fr- it first starts up with a bunch of kids looking like they're about to be part of Stranger Things, going through like some back alleys and being like, hey, y'all want to see a dead robot? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. they. Oh, yeah, because these are a bunch of Chicago kids. So they go into the, I guess, the still derelict section of Chicago that was destroyed in Dark of the Moon. Um, yeah, and apparently bullshit war zone stuff was still happening. Either way, um, the military has set up anti-transformer robots that go about and detects these kids moving about near a transformer body. And so it gets ready to, like, deal with them, um, which deal with them probably doesn't mean kill them. It probably means escort them off the premises. Yeah, by no, force. it gives it gives a fucking Ed 209 speech. Just like it's just the um, you like. Uh, I think it even says you have five seconds to comply. Like it just starts yelling stuff at them and saying you're in a you're in a restricted area and that kind of stuff. Which, to be fair, had a reason to be in a restricted area. Like there was nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Warning, unauthorized trespassing. This is Department of Homeland Security. You're trespassing on an alien containment zone. Please step forward quickly and surrender. Uh, And then we get introduced to Isabella and Squeaks, um, (laughs) our new scrappy duo for the film. Yeah, so Isabella's a young teen girl. We're looking at like 13, 14, 12, maybe, and big 12, maybe. But yeah, we're probably looking more around the 13 area. Um, She comes crashing into the room like a Kool-Aid man um, and uses some like improvised. What is it? Is an explosive of some sort? No, she's uh, uh, squeaks, shoots a cable around the leg of the Ed 209 bot. And they star the walker and they star wars it yeah they just and the kids like run into a building and like a shit ton more ed 209s follow them i don't know what these robots i think they're just called sentinels but i don't know ed 209 people know what that is everybody's seen robocop everybody and let's see then they go and then it's worth noting out that uh isabella is this sassy latina teen and squeaks is this ugly little robot (laughs) like I think Squeaks is supposed to transform into a Vespa, but it's, like, so fucked up that it, like, can't transform. It never transforms in the movie. It doesn't look like much at all, and it only says the words I Chihuahua. Yeah, and a bunch of beeps and boops. I think they wanted to make something that was closer to R2-D2. Oh, how cute. Um, Editor's note, it was not cute. (laughs) But they spell his name with a W. Okay. Um... Oh, Anyways, yeah, so she's the, the, trying to help these kids get out of this property because uh, and like meet up with her transformer friend who is a very different one, like some loader bot or some sort. Forget his name. Uh, Canopy. 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 Yeah, he's who's. Yeah, he's. Yeah. And he's got like a big uh, concrete wall on his back. And so they start walking out of there and then the military managed to properly shoot him down as they see him moving. And like, it's yeah, they just see like oh, you that, see a that's... chunk of concrete continue moving around. Weird. Yeah, no, they're like, oh, God, that Transformer's going to kill those kids. And so it's like, we need to call in an airstrike <laughs> to release the Hellfire missiles like 20 feet away from these kids. Um, anyway, before before the firing goes off, though, uh, out of nowhere, here here he comes. It's, it's our protagonist from the last one again. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg shows up in a fucking like 
what it's like a jeep or something right it's, it's, it's some kind of uh utility vehicle something like that uh, open air it doesn't have any doors and yeah he shows up and he starts like hucking like homemade bombs at the uh at the the at 209s that are closing down on him and pulls out this giant fucking gun which as i read on imfdb is a modified glock which i don't think it's ever explained but it's it's Somewhere, somewhere in the continuity, it's explained that the Transformers gave him some of their technology, and so he took a Glock and put a Transformers gun on the end of it, and now it shoots Transformers lasers. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Mark Wahlberg shows up with his Transformers modified Glock and a shit ton of homemade explosives, and starts, uh, starts blowing up, uh, starts blowing up the the TRF stuff, um, and driving, tells the kids to pile into his car. And yeah, he drives them to the edge of the zone. And yeah, Canopy gets hit, and then uh, oh yeah, Isabella's and Isabella's like, like, no, you gotta, like, you gotta get up. You gotta let me, I can fix him. It's like, no one can fix him. It's too late. No, I can do it. And it's like, listen, he wouldn't want you to die either. Now get in. Yeah. Um, and then some people are being like, oh, who, yeah, you're that guy. No, I'm not that guy. The one who saves Transformers. Thought you were a legend. Yeah, some legend. You were too late. There's a reward for... T- oh, and also the very good one that one of the kids... Hey, there's a reward for turning you in, you know? Really? Yeah. Cool. You wouldn't get in the pu- punch in the face? Like, really hard? No? <laughs> good. Go. <laughs> I forgot that line. <laughs> Threatening children. Mark Wahlberg special. Oh, fuck me. Um. Anyway, yeah, so the, the, the Transformers reaction force uh, immediately recognizes Kate Yeager... And start tracking him down. There's a big old car chase, I think. Yep. Um, and so then, and it ends uh, with Bumble- them getting pinned in. Yeah, he gets pinned. He gets pinned in, and also I think Barricade is just kind of on the edge, like watching it. Then Bumblebee shows up and gets shot and falls apart. Yeah, Bumblebee comes in just like a dive shoot and then misses, and then gets shot apart just like immediately, like he doesn't even have a chance. But Fal- then, using his new toy technology, Bumblebee reassembles back together magnetically. Yeah, let's see. What do we got? Um, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember the uh, the the line here. Uh, can't shoot. Let's see. You can't shoot your way out of it. It's like, what was that? Uh, oh yeah, he shoots Bumblebee and he falls apart. And it's and it's just like, what was that? That was a mistake. And then yeah, and then he starts coming back together and like beat the shit out of all of the Transformers guys. Well, is going to, but he's holding up his huge Transformer gun, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, that'll kill me!" And so he's like, "Okay, hey, put down, put the weapon down, easy, be easy." Yeah, and so they back off because um, um, they realize they're outmatched for now. One of the one of the guys of this force comes up and talks to them, and it's Lennox. Hey, he's back. Our buddy from the first three movies. Yeah. Um, and uh, now he works for the bad guys because the bad guys are all that's left. <laughs> Yeah, basically. And he's he's trying to be chill with Cade and basically be like, all right, cool. We don't need to worry about this situation. And Cade's, Cade gets all aggro on him. Either way, they try and resolve the situation. Cade drives out of there because no one wants to fight, but they mark his vehicle with a... Um, they shoot with like a tracker or something. Yeah, they shoot B with a tracker. But one thing that uh, we haven't gotten to yet, or maybe we got to earlier, I forget, but there's a point where the ship the kids were checking out to see a dead robot... Uh, right. He opens it up, cracks it open, and inside is a living robot. <gasps> Got him. <laughs> yeah, and he, he wakes up and like, hey, I'm dying. Take this talisman. And Mark Wahlberg's like, no, you hang on to it. It's like, no, seriously, take it. You need it. I'm dying. You need to take this. And Mark Wahlberg's like, no. 
and like and, he dies. And, and the so, talisman is like a dinner plate with a bunch of like uh, marks on it. Yeah, I'd say it's like the size. It's like the size of like a saucer or like a coaster. Like it fits easily in his hand. It may be a dessert plate, like a cake plate. Um. Anyway, Jaeger like goes away and he he keeps finding the talisman like in his bag or like next to him or like on his pillow as he's sleeping. Um. And then it just I at some point in here it just like wraps itself around his bicep <laughs> inexplicably. Because uh, it turns out the talisman is a transformer. One thing also we forgot to mention is before the end of the 484 scene, uh, King Arthur pulls out Excalibur, which also is a transformer. <laughs> we see it glowing with blue energy and shit, which is how we indicate that things are transformers. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So so Cade ends up after they shoot the tracker on his car. Cade goes back to the junkyard and... Uh, the junkyard where he lives, I see he goes back to the junkyard like we've introduced that concept of all, but no, he lives in a junkyard with all of the missing Transformers, so that's where Hound and Drift and Crosshairs and Grimlock and all the rest of the Dinobots are. Yeah, the Dinobots are. are all there, including, for some reason, tiny Dinobots? Who the fuck knows where they came from? Yeah, we have, yeah, we got, we got baby Dinobots, and he's like, like I, I want to remind you that last, last... I wanted to say episode, but last movie, we literally had a thing where we were told by lockdown to Optimus Prime, you think you were born? No, you were built. And it's like, no, but Transformers can just be born, apparently. Yeah, because we get all these, we have all these baby Dinobots that are like living in his house. Um, Interestingly to note, I don't see any toys for the baby Dinobots, which surprises me. So I yeah, don't know. Yeah, that is genuinely surprising. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Yeah, like I don't like the and they're not they're not listed in the they're not listed in the in the robots here. Um oh the mini mini dino well, okay, we got the mini dinobots. But yeah, there's no there's there's a commercial appearance for them, but they don't have any toys, as far as I can tell. Um Yeah, but we've got the we've got the the mini dinobots. They just they're just here. It's not explained how they got here or why. Um, and so the girl they don't Isabella, even have a comic. They have nothing. Yeah, the girl Isabella followed them, him back. Um, yeah, because she's she's an orphan or something. She never. I don't think we ever hear anything about her parents. We don't learn practically anything about her. Either and way, she shows up learn- like I'm good at fixing things. I want to fix these transformers because transformers are cool and people suck ass. It's like, all right, kid, cool. And she's like, and if you don't take me in, I'm reporting you to the cops. Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then also in the same sequence, we learned that um, that uh, Tessa um, is at college because um, Jaeger calls her um, on a phone that like Hound has scrambled through like a bunch of things. It's like, hey, you got a minute. And so he calls her, doesn't say anything. And she because says, hey, of, like, yeah, for some reason he can't say anything either. Yeah, so she picks up the phone and says, hey, I know it's you. I know you can't talk. I'm safe. I love you. Goodbye. I'm not going to be in any more movies. <laughs> Basically. So this is this is their way to write out Tessa as his daughter because I guess they decided that it was more marketable to have a teen, like a, a young younger teen sassy his... daughter. Yeah, they needed a younger daughter. Tessa was like too old and too capable. So they need to have this they need to have this 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 fiery Latina <laughs> to take over. The things with her uh, gross little gremlin robots. I hate him so much. But yeah, so yeah. Uh, also, um, Jaeger has hired a new sidekick 
um, who is in the movie for equally as long as Lucas, but does not meet the same fate as Lucas. Yeah, he's a handsome, young African-American man with glasses, but who's a huge Dorcas and just he literally hired him through Craigslist and uh, he hired him to watch after the robots whenever he went out. Yeah, and, and the like, dude, dude constantly I don't know what complains, the f- but yeah, like, to I don't be know fair, what the fuck it's I'm a thing doing. to complain about, but like at the same time, like, maybe don't take this job then. Yeah, so, uh, anyway, we hang out here for a while to have some antics with robots, and then, like, oops, uh, TRF shows up. I think we might be skipping forward a bit, because we go to TRF, like, uh, what, what is it? So we we have that we have that small little bit of characterization before the movie kicks into high gear where it will remain for the rest of the film. Yeah, basically. So let's see. Optimus. Oh, right. And uh, actually, I forgot. We cut away to space where we have the frozen Optimus Prime who crashes into Cybertron. No, I don't even think he's frozen because remember, space doesn't actually affect them. They lied about it the entire time. Um, he's 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 offline. Like he's frozen in a singular pose. Was he offline? Yeah, he doesn't do it. Like, he's just sitting there, and then he he flies in, and then he, like, reboots after he crashes. Like, his, his eyes aren't on or anything. Like, he's unfocused. Like, he looks like he's dead, and then he crashes into... He crashes into Cybertron and, he, and meets up with Quintessa, who is... Depending on the continuity you're looking at, she's either one of the Quintessens, or she's a variant of Quintus Prime from a different comic line... And she claims to basically be the Transformers god who created all the Transformers. Um, also, Megatron's just there for some reason. Uh, she she says, oh yeah, so Quintessa claims to be the prime of life, which this is the part that's based on Quintus what, prime. Megatron's not there. Uh, I thought Megatron was there. No, he's definitely not because he has, okay. he has to put together a team on Earth. Okay, well, oh, right, 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 yeah, totally. I Yeah, that part comes up later. So, uh, so yeah, Quint- Quintus Prime was a Prime that could create new Transformers, and so Quintessa's based on that, and she claims she made all the Transformers, and Optimus tries to, like, attack her, and she just whoops his ass and And she's, like, weirdly in. slinky and, like, trying to look sexy as this weird floating, like, robot fairy. Yeah, and then puts Prime in bondage and just like, no, you're going to listen to me talk at you for a while. And uh, so we cut now to... And she's uh, really small compared to the other Transformers. And she like starts whispering in his ears of like, you will serve me and we will consume Earth to remix our planet into full power. You'll do this for me, Nemesis Prime. That part comes up later, but yeah. does I'm pretty sure she says it pretty early. Uh, I don't know. Let me look up the script. Uh, that's like halfway through the script. Really? Yeah, because uh, uh, that's just because she has to take a while. It takes a long time for Optimus to become a bad guy. Spoiler: Optimus becomes a bad guy. Whatever. Either way, yeah, spoilers. But who cares? It does. It, we're we're selling it in effective enough order. Uh, okay. Other things oh, that happen oh, oh, is yeah. we meet. Also, um, Cade realizes, yeah, that that I guess one other thing. Cade realizes that the oh right, that was the big thing. That's the big thing that happens in the junkyard before we cut away to England. Um, Cade finds the talisman, and then we are introduced to Day Trader, um, a very, I'm just gonna say a very offensively Jewish robot. Yeah, played by by Steve Buscemi. Played by actual Steve Buscemi. We still have Wheelie, who's played by Tom Kenny, doing a Steve Buscemi impression. (laughs) He's still in this movie, even though he's supposed to be dead. Um, but anyway... 
Day Trader shows up and is selling off stuff. And this is where we get into one of these scenes that is cut out of the movie. Um, so everybody hates Day Trader because he's like, um, again, he's an offensively Jewish character. So it's like, you know, he's ripping everybody off. He basically comes in and offers various Transformers crap he's found over the world and then like trades it or sells it for other Transformers crap. Yeah. And so um, and one of the scenes that got cut is he offers he like offers them like this flying this flying drone that is called uh what the fuck? A Vatibot. I don't know what what that is exactly, but it's this little tiny flying drone and Bumblebee smashes it. And for some reason that got cut out of the home video version. I don't know why. Um, but he also uh, sells a new voice box for Bumblebee. And he sees that Cade has this talisman and is like, hey, how much do you want for that? And it's like, uh, Cade's like, it's not for sale. He's like, all right, well, I'm just going to say there's like 13 signs of the end times. And uh, that there's that, a bunch of that. apocalyptic shit. And that's in all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's the first one, baby. That's going to start the apocalypse. Hey, <laughs> in fact, I think he says there's a specific number of. Oh, yeah, even yeah, he even says that night of a night of icon talisman in this dump. Nah, it's not real. It's definitely not. I'll take it off you. Yeah, there's seven signs of the apocalypse and that talisman showing up here is numero uno. If that fancy pancakes real, I grab the spaceship and blow this dirtball planet. Um, so, yeah, so we learned that the, the we learned that the talisman is this is this movie's MacGuffin. This movie has a couple of MacGuffins, but the talisman is one of them. Um. Also, uh, I'm just pointing out that he says specifically seven signs of the apocalypse, and this talisman is one. We will be introduced to the other six in short order. Uh, anyway, so we get introduced to Vivian Wembley, um, who's playing polo before returning to the University of Oxford, where she teaches a history class and talks about the talks about the knights of the Round Table and how they're all bullshit and they're probably all formed from other different legends and the. Uh, the and the dragon is allegory for real fucked up shit. I think she said the dragon is actually a catapult. <laughs> um, yeah, probably. Let me see. The Twelve Guardian Knight. Uh, whoops, I went too far forward. Um, and the dra- Yeah, so um, a few brave men who are willing to sacrifice all for victory. Sound too good to be true, Poppy? Because it's. Uh, because it's horseshit. Arthur, probably likely a composite of a Roman general and a Celtic king. Our dragon, just a medieval catapult. And then we have Merlin, the kingmaker who probably never existed. Question is, why do we tell these stories? Other than the fact that dragons are wicked. It's because we want to believe. Believe that heroes, if we can be heroes in our own lives. When here, when all seems lost, a few brave souls who can save everything we've ever known. Or is it just the dragons? Um... So yeah, so she's a she's a history professor who, like all college teachers, teaches a five minute class that involves going somewhere and speaking poetically about shit. Uh, we she goes back to her house and her she meets with her mother and her friends who are trying to find her a courtable man and asking if she's like had sex or whatever because I don't know it's a Michael Bay movie. Um, so let's see. Meanwhile, oh yeah, she's also, she's, she's looking at the news because there's all these like weird metal formations that are showing up around the earth and it's like, Yeah, hey, in Mom, various places, seen- kind of like a, in not just various places, in kind of a patterned distribution. In kind of a pattern around the earth and, uh, I believe at some point NASA's like, oh yeah, weird, there's six of these horns around the planet. And near one of them they see Megatron investigating 
Yeah. And so in fact, then, I believe TRF sees that sees that Megatron has been to multiple of them in that's different probably orders. Correct. And so they're like, okay, well, we have no choice. And then they go and talk to him in a way when I say talk to him, they have like a van, several people, and then lay out an entire desk in a series of files. Yeah. And then they have a lawyer speak. They, they, they have a team of negotiators talk to him and it's like, hey, we don't we need you to help us find the staff or something um because you you know more about this than we do we know there's a staff it's important you're gonna take it to us and megatron's like all right but i need my crew back give me i need mohawk dreadbot nitro zeus berserker um and like after each one they like communicate with uh the legal team and the negotiation team and when he introduces each one they get like uh oceans 11 style cut in of showing like them being good at whatever they're good at and then with their name emblazoned over it and then Except each time for berserker, it's like they just show berserker like uh, trying to attack everybody from inside his cell <laughs> um but with each of them in order it's like they go like kind of like oh man do we have fine okay i can get you him uh, that, no, 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 I can't do that. Well, if you make these rules in mind, okay, fine. And then when they come up with Berserkers, it's the, no, absolutely not. We cannot do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that was one of the things was, uh, they, for one of them, it's like, okay, we can release Dreadbot, but he's not to leave the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, also, Nitro Zeus is the one who is played, um, played by, uh, Stephen Barr, I got his name slightly wrong, and John DiMaggio, depending on which version. But it's great because um, he's Mohawk, Dreadbot, Nitro Zeus, Berserker. No, never Berserker. Okay, Onslaught then. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Oh, right. Because they, um, Megatron wants the Talisman and TRF wants the Talisman because they know that the Talisman is important. So they team up because they, they're both united behind they need the MacGuffin. Yes. Because the MacGuffin will take them to the second MacGuffin. And I forget, did he just, like, specifically not take the MacGuffin yet and it showed up in his car anyway? Yeah, no, he, remember, he took, Yeah, I remember, just forgot the, how early the, that happened. The robot handed him the talisman and he's like, no, you keep it, I don't need it. And, like, it ends up on the ground and then we, like, see it sprout legs and start following him and then it's in his car and then it's in his bag. Um, And then, yeah, so they end up teaming up, um... We and cut back to Cade Yeager replacing Bumblebee's voice box, which... And he's makes... trying to help the girl do it so that she can learn how to do these things. And then during the time they're doing this, TRF comes in to talk to him. Yeah. And then uh, we get to hear Bumblebee and like a Siri voice say, uh, Day Trader is a punk ass bitch. Because um, somehow we found a voice box that's compatible with Bumblebee, but doesn't work. Also... Just gonna point it. Just gonna add early door Transformers facts. Bumblebee does not have a functioning voice box. In fact, he gets this voice box installed and rips it out of his body. Yes, and he throws very it away. Specifically, does. Um, and then yeah, so TRF shows up. Uh, everything everything gets pretty fucked. Um, yeah, so TRF TRF comes in to uh basically claim this as well as a bunch of the Decepticons come in as a strike force. Uh, and so Cade uh, and all the humans there uh, flee from the Decepticons and a bunch of the Autobots come with them to this abandoned town nearby where the Autobots have already planned this place as an ambush spot for if they ever got attacked way long ago. Yeah, so you can these see, Decepticons like, come in and they just get fucking punked. 
Yeah, no, I think there's, like, half of Megatron's crew is destroyed within, like, the first, like, five minutes of their introduction, basically. I think it's, like, yeah, one of them gets destroyed by the traps, another one just gets punked, just gets... Yeah, B just fucking by, murders like, a, Mohawk. Yeah, I th- Mo- Mohawk even, like, yeah, you see his head skid to the side, and he's like, damn, or something. <laughs> um... And then, yeah, meanwhile, there's a whole separate sequence where TRF uh, unleashes an entire fleet of drones that have, like, a weird, like, tube-loaded uh, machine gun system that tr- that chases after Cade and... And um, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy and Isabella. And, yeah, and Isabella. And they have this whole huge fight. Uh, Cade uses this fucking Transformers Glock to shoot down some of the drones, but there's a shit ton of them, and they fire a giant wave of bullets that, like, rips through everything. And then then Jimmy comes... Yeah, yeah, you go for it. So Jimmy comes out, and he's like, he's like, wait, they gotta take us alive! And he's, like, seeing that they have, like, these, like, miniguns on them, it's like... And so Jimmy gets in the way of the of the things like, I'm going to keep him distracted. You run for it. And just and Kate's just like, what are you doing? Um, and then he's and then you the see light a little, scanners can't sense a black man. Yeah. Or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. And then says, a little, a little cannon comes out of the bottom of the drone and shoots him with a beanbag that like launches him through a wall and into another room. Yeah. Which would still kill him. But uh, yeah, probably. And then, yeah, so then Kate just shoots it with If you put enough force to his... launch someone into another room on a beanbag, yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that would cave in his ribcage or whatever. And I think Isabella, like, jumps on one and, like, crashes it into the ground and keeps, like, hitting it with, like, a crowbar or something. And then Kate Maybe, shoots the last Kate... one with his... Tra- well, no, with his Kate doesn't shoot the clock. last one. There's one that is outside and Kate, like, jumps onto it and holds onto it and, like, is flying up into the air. Oh yeah, but we do get out. Oh, right. the yeah, building, okay, this is this cuts into this cuts into where the plot breaks away again. But uh, there is the part in there where Cade's like talking to Jimmy. He's like, Jimmy, what's like? Jimmy's like, uh, go on without me. I'm dying. It's like you're not dying. I'm dying, Cade. It's like no, they shot you with a beanbag. It's like, like that was shit, a that fucking was a... beanbag. It felt like a bullet. <laughs> and then yeah, so uh, I kind of like Jimmy on... actually for being despite being a huge punk. Yeah, no, J- Jimmy's Jimmy's good. Like the the sidekicks in these movies that d- are discarded like immediately are actually pretty fun sidekicks, and I kind of wish they had more screen presence in the film because they probably would have done more. Yeah, Jimmy and um, Lucas were both pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, so Kate jumps on one of the drones and it flies out of a window, and they have instructions to take to take Kate alive. So they're trying to figure out how to crash the drone and not kill him. Um. And then somewhere in here, uh, Cogman shows up, I think. Yeah. I Just forget exactly. Just the fuck out of out, nowhere. He, yeah, they crash over to like a side area near like a bowling alley or something and Cogman shows up. And Cogman, I think we might have seen in a cutaway earlier. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, like, <clears throat> I remember him just showing up out of nowhere in this scene. Yeah, he basically showed up out of nowhere. Uh, and he's um, like, hello there, sir. I am here to escort you back to our place in the United Kingdom. Anyway, come along. It's like, what? Why? Why would I come along? Well, because you should, and because we can get you out of this sticky situation. Yeah, and then Crosshair shows up. there was something he said that was and... vaguely threatening also. Yeah, no, Cogman cuts between, like, jovial and, like, psychopathic I- intermittently. Crosshair shows up and it's like, why should we listen to you? Why should we listen to you? And, like, starts poking him with his finger. And then Cogman, like, grabs him and puts him into a submission hold immediately. 
uh, just by his Which finger. Wor- it's worth noting, Cogman, as we haven't described him fully, is is obviously an automaton of some sort, but he is human size. So the fact that he can do that to crosshairs is a pretty big deal. Oh yeah, that was that's the thing. They're they're in an they're in an elevator trying to dodge the drones, and they meet Cogman inside the elevator. And then Mark Wahlberg gets in a fist fight with Cogman until the drone comes in and Mark Wahlberg rides it out. Right. Okay. But anyway, yeah, Cogman's like, anyway, hey, sh- this 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 part of the plot sucks. Let's go to the next part. And Mark Wahlberg's yeah, like bitching, and they get on. They get the. I think it's him and Bumblebee get onto. Yeah, his get private, onto uh, his private uh, like jet. ancient fly nineteen forty two flying wing. Right. Yeah, that's right. And the other Transformers are like, all right, I guess we'll wait here for a while. Um, yeah, and they're gone for a lot of the movie. Yeah. So then, um, okay, then then Vivian, then we go, t- oh yeah, so then this is where we so get halfway through So then we get to Vivian's the- house, uh, where oh. she's with her family, and they're like making fun of the fact that she doesn't have a husband or boyfriend, for some reason. And, yeah, and also, um, so TRF sees that the plane's flying across the Atlantic, then we get introduced to Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> this part apparently happened a little first. bit earlier. Yeah, I think we might have seen him a little earlier. This is the part where he starts having a lot of relevance to the movie. Anthony Hopkins, who plays Sir Burton, um, who has some mysterious importance that will come up very quickly. Um, I, oh yeah, he he he's the last of the yeah he's 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 the last of the order of the Witwickens, and he gets a call from Simmons, who lives in Cuba with the other robots with the other Transformers, saying like, "Hey, you know those you know those horns? I found a I found a manuscript about them. Um, but I'll I'll give it to you, but you got to put me into the order." And it's like, "No, I'm not. Absolutely, I'm not doing that. You got to put me in the order right now. Say the fucking thing over the phone." It's like, "All right, fine. You're a you're a knight. Tell me you're you're part of the order of the Witwickens. Now tell me what I need to know." Yeah, it's really anticlimactic. Anyway, so Vivian and gets ready to leave her, yeah. her gets ready to leave her home, um, mm-hmm. and she gets into her car. I think she might see like a note or something on it. Um, anyway, she gets in her car, and then after she takes off for a little bit, uh, it just starts uh, like all the doors lock and starts driving on its own. And she's like, "What the fuck is happening? Am I being kidnapped? What's happening?" Uh, she starts hitting things around, trying to break out of the car. A car in a bad French accent is like, "Oh no, niece, do not do that." <laughs> that is that how you say it, very painful. Yeah, and, like, and this it's is a transformer. Oh my god, and my name is Otterod. Otterod, and she's yeah. We get we get this fucking uh, man. We we get this fucking Inspector Clouseau thing where it's like he's got this terrible French accent, and that's the joke. Um, even he later, he says, he says he has this terrible French accent that he can't, rem- he can't get rid of. And that's the joke. But anyway, yeah. So he's, he is a, like a, an old, like a 1940s Mercedes Benz and throws, uh, throws, uh, Vivian in the, in the trunk. And she's, and then it's just like, ah, I hate being this car. Oh, look, there's a Lamborghini. I'm that now. Nice. Cool. <laughs> And transforms around her, drives Vivian off to Sir Burton's house because we were also getting tired of this part of the plot. Yep. Um. So Cade Cade's landed over there and comes up this fancy manor house that's basically a palace. Um, to meet up with uh Sir Burton. Yeah. At the same time, that, about the same time that Vivian does, um, Cade gets shot at by uh, I believe the auto. Like an it's an, it's an artillery old- rover. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's he's a he's a World War One tank. Just it's a, the actual robot's name is just Lieutenant. Yeah, not much happens. And, um. Anyway, long story short, they get inside. There's a lot, obviously, a lot of Transformer stuff happening here. They start talking with this dude, and he's like, "So, hello there. I am what's known as a wit wiccan. Our job is to take care of stupid bullshit that happens on Earth. We're like the Illuminati, but more so." Yeah, and he's and basically, um, so I pulled up. There's a Transformers wiki article about the about the the order of the Witwickens, and like, long story short, anybody who has a po- who has had a positive impact on history. From uh, George Washington to Albert Einstein to fucking Harriet Tubman has been part of the Witwickens. Um, and Anthony Hopkins it, and also Shia LaBeouf's in there. Um, and Anthony Hopkins says he's the last of the order, which uh, if that's the case, uh, that means that Shia LaBeouf died <laughs> at some point. Also, like, if it's a bloodline thing, how is that fucking possible with tons of people that were part of it? <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't understand. It's never explained. It's just, oh, this guy's going to dispense plot at you. So Anthony Hopkins has a bunch of shit in his uh, has a bunch of shit in his he, hot rod. It works for him. Hot rod has always worked for the Witwickens. Uh, turns out Bumblebee also knows Anthony Hopkins because yeah, Bumblebee because they work together in World War Two. <laughs> yeah, we're Bumblebee. Hey, Bumblebee was a Volkswagen. <laughs> so. Remember how we didn't know anything about Transformers before this area in time? Remember yeah, how no, in the first out- movie they were baffled about Transformers other than Megatron? Yeah, it turns out there's a secret society that's always existed and just hasn't been mentioned until now, conveniently. Yeah, they never decided to talk about them. Weird, huh? Yeah, because Simmons, Simmons knows about it, apparently. Um, Sector, Sector, Sector 7 knew about it. So then uh, why didn't, didn't he recognize Bumblebee? I don't know. Maybe he didn't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. His Bumblebee didn't look like a, a World War II Volkswagen. Um. So yeah. Uh. Anyway. Uh. Uh. Sir Burton takes them talk talks to them at length about the fraternal order of the Witwickens, secret society, blah blah blah. You're forgot um, to say he shows them a very important object when walking through the halls. Oh he yeah, shows them he the shows watch the, that killed Hitler. That killed Hitler. Yeah, no, because uh, Vivian tries to pick up this display case with a watch in it, and it starts shooting a bunch of bullets inside of its apparently bulletproof display case. It says, "Be careful, that's the watch that killed Hitler." Um, <laughs> and I remember he's he's uh, one of the things I one of the things I like about Sir Burton is that similarly to similarly to Cogman, he cuts back and forth between being very formal and like just being super crass, just like they. There, there were all these people, assholes, all of them. I hated all of them, basically. Yeah, and, like, he's he's not a good person. Like, he's super awful. He's, like, insular and thinks about all these ideas and, like, oh, yes, you're going to come along with all my plans because, of course, you are, and I'm not going to explain anything to you or anyone else. Yeah, no, it turns I'm out important that, for this. I, honestly, that's that sounds like about the, the way that a secret society should be. Um, and so, yeah, so he takes them downstairs, talks to them a lot at length about King Arthur and like, oh, yeah, this is the round table right here. Anyway, you know, the Knights of the Round. Well, they also had the Knights of Icon. Um, and anyway, we need to find the the bloodline of Merlin because they gave him a staff that was like linked to Transformers DNA. And conveniently, at the same time, Vivian touches the round table, which glows blue and suddenly stuff starts raising off of it. And she's like, holy shit, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're um, so you you've got the bloodline of Merlin 
And uh, Cade, you're here because for some reason the talisman shows you. I guess you're a knight in some way. You got all the qualities of a knight, including uh, you haven't fucked, right? <laughs> and yeah, they have a lot of time where they like focus on the fact that like, listen, I've fucked just not recently. It's like, oh yeah, how recent is re-? like Jesus Christ, people, shut up. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a, this gets back to some of the dorky humor of the Transformers films that uh, Bay was trying to get away from. Um, but it's it's worth stating also by this point the talisman's gotten a lot weirder. I forgot if it's already protected him from a bullet, and I think it has by like yeah, it's glomming yeah, onto his flesh like a leech, and it like sw- swims around on top of his body and very under his clothes. It's real weird. Yeah, it's it's mostly stayed on his bicep, but I think it's moved to his chest a couple of times to deflect bullets off of him. Um, and yeah, so we learn that they have to go to the uh, we, we learn that they have to go find uh, Merlin's burial place, which conveniently uh, Lord Burton knows about. Um, also, Lord Burton ripped a page out of an out of a fucking like gold leaf illuminated manuscript that talks about this that talks about this event here, the six horns on the earth. And you take them and you kind of reform them into Pangea and it like forms this like hexagon or something. Um, anyway, now, now, can you remind me, why do they need access to the staff? Uh because there's an extinction event and the staff is important. I don't, do they, I, I can't remember the exact reason why he said they need it. Either way, they get directed like, to it's it. The, it's the end times. You need this. Um, and. Oh, and then there, like, there's a lot of subplot about Vivian's dad being like a guy who went crazy believing in Merlin and shit like that. Yeah. And he kept trying to tell her about the, the Knights of the Round Table and getting her interested in the fantasy, but also that he should that she should always she should never step in his office. Get out of my office. What are you doing in here? Um, And so it's like supposed to be like, oh, he was such a bad dad, but actually he was on to something. I feel so bad for doubting him. Now let me turn all my opinions around immediately. Oh, it turns out he was just part of this bullshit secret society that protecting the Transformers. Wee. I don't know why. Um. Hey, Lamont. Yeah, um, so is there a thing on... Is, is there anything else you want to touch on before we get to... Before before the movie kicks into, like, 17th gear? Uh, nope. Um, so they're right, needing... so... So they okay. need to go get notes from, uh, her house, uh, that is in her dad's workshop area to find information. I don't especially even remember why, but they need it. I think that... Uh, no, that's that's where the location of Merlin's burial site is. Okay, because um, because her dad was doing a lot of research on the Knights of the Round Table, and so they're they're getting ready to go and leave in Bumblebee to go and get that information. So they go outside, and oh, TRF is here because they had planted a tracker on Bumblebee still. Yeah, well, also they were just they just tracked the plane as it flew That's across the Atlantic, like by satellite photos. That is so also like, true. It, but so yeah, it so was they're not, here. It was not subtle. So yeah, they, they're they, here and they started loading their, out. And then, like, they're getting ready to fight, and everyone's like, oh, shit, that's TRF, what are we gonna do? And then Hot Rod just out of nowhere is like, my weapon, she stops the time! And just <laughs> pulls out a fucking gun that stops time and shoots all of them with it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we're just around to go around this bubble of, like, ultra-slow time and just leave. <laughs> and there's still a chase that happens after that wears off, but, like, <laughs> What? Yeah, just fucking out of nowhere. Just Harad just has a gun that stops time. My gun, she stops the time. This is this is the moment that I realized I needed to watch this movie with everybody. 
It's worth noting, we're an hour, we're only an hour into this and all this shit has already happened. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so Bumblebee goes away and I think they split up in a bunch of directions because I think Anthony Hopkins is like, I, I'm going to be, we're going to, we're going to be the decoy car. Um, because Cogn, because Anthony Hopkins also has a different Lamborghini that kind of looks like Hot Rod. So Hot Rod drives away in one direction Cogman and Sir Burton drive away in one direction, and then Caden, Bumblebee and Cade yeah, yeah, and Vivian go back to go back to her house, uh, so that it forces everybody to split up. So there's a big car chase. Um, Cogman says a bunch of really outdated references, including literally "move, bitch, get out the way," um, and uh, Sir Burton's just really casual about like just like. He's during this car chase. They keep hitting like a lot of stuff. Like they hit a they hit a bunch of cars. They hit a cart. They almost hit a bunch of people. And like Sir Burton is on the as on the verge. Like if you ever seen Doctor Tran's toy cack, it's, it's he's on the verge of like oh that little boy was full of blood. <laughs> oh my god, you're very right. Actually, though, <laughs> like he's like laughing as like people are almost getting hit by by Cogman. Oh, this is delightful. I'm causing destruction and chaos for these lesser people who are beneath me. Yeah, and just like yelling, and Cogman's like, "Oh, I've set up a date with the, I've set up a date with what's her face from the greenery." It's like, I didn't want a date. I hate that bitch. <laughs> just like, yeah, <laughs> I. Mm, yeah. So yeah. Uh, cool. So anyway, eventually they did. They lose. Eventually, they cause some massive pileup and get away. And Cade and Vivian just end up. Uh, I think they they don't have a hassle. Oh no, wait, they have a no, minor they, hassle they because of uh, barricades. Both, like- barricades following them. Yeah, and also as well, like they have, they have to when getting the information, have to interact with our, her family, who's all like, "Oh, who's this? Your new boyfriend?" Full well, yeah, romance, we forgot, full I, for, I, I forgot to mention the part in there where like Bumblebee's just like, "Hold on, I'm about to try something," and then like, uh, like a quarter of him transforms into robot form and fucking shoots Barricade with his like Transformers gun, while the rest of him is still a car. And I believe this is a function that this is this is another two cell toys things that uh, some of the robots have multiple different alt forms that can use weapons because they needed to sell toys for that as well. So just a minor thing. But yeah, so then they get there uh, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's all basically irrelevant. They all end up dealing with their own problems and then they re-meet at a submarine museum. <laughs> yeah, which uh, Anthony Hopkins owns. Yeah, because he uh, actually owns the submarine. Because the submarine's a transformer. Is it? I don't think it transformed. It's it's an it's listed as an Autobot. Like it's it's adva- It's Transformers tech at least. Okay. Um. In fact, let me. It's just it's a I've, it is I've, an it is an Autobot, but it doesn't actually like it. Never transforms at some points. It it never transforms at any point, but it has it has its own guidance capabilities. And we can see that it can perform maneuvers that a modern submarine cannot perform. It also, like, looks like a fucking Jules Verne thing. Fair. Either way, um, yeah, so before getting, uh, basically they roll up to this museum where it had been used, set up, uh, for display purposes, like, you know, they do with battleships and like, um, and, uh, he just, like, starts it up and, like, everyone on board kicks off and it's like, get the fuck out of here. All right. Yay. Okay, do you yeah, have a good just... time with Vivian? You get down there, Defender, you're the knight and all. Cogman will go with you to handle the submarine and see you bitches. And he leaves and goes home. Yeah. So for, for uh, yeah, he, he disappears for a majority of the movie. Actually, no, because he goes to meet the prime minister. So he comes back. 
Yeah, he yeah, later great. sneaks into the prime minister's place through some back a secret back entrance down by the Witwickens and threatens him with the watch that killed Hitler. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, he's definitely not a sociopath. Because um, he needs access to something. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, so yeah. So uh, Jaeger and Arcade and Vivian are in the submarine and they have to. Yeah. Uh, Cogman shoots himself out of a torpedo tube and goes and catches some fish. To make a dinner that involves a lot of things that aren't fish. Yeah, I'm not sure where he got all the pieces from. Like, he makes fancy sushi. And there's a lot of weird forced romance stuff. More like, being like, oh man, people, I just wish people would get me. And I had people in my life. Oh no, I walked in on you while you were taking off your shirt to look at that weird crest wiggling all over your body. Yeah, and then we get another, we get another joke here where the fucking talisman goes over his dick. Um... Or at least slips down his pants. It's implied to. It's, I think it implies that it's slipping over his dick for some reason. It needs. Well, it needs to offer protection in the moment. Yeah. So uh, anyway, TRF uh, notices that the uh, the HMS Alliance uh, just fucking fell out of its museum and into the ocean. So they deploy a whole fleet of submarines to chase it, including an, like a nuclear, like some kind of nuclear sub. They fire a warning shot at the at the at the submarine so this submarine because the transformer fucking pulls a loop-de-loop and crashes into the submarine and to be like yo get off my fucking ass um they end up um unless there's anything else you have to mention they end up at this giant nope. undersea yep. this giant undersea crash ship which we discover is the the the, the burial site of merlin uh so they get in there trf get in there and some some other uh, again, this is a point where we ignore the the cold and crushing depth of the ocean will cause the transformers to stop functioning. Yep, <laughs> as one of them is literally a submarine, and like a bunch of Decepticons just end up in there. Um, uh, also, during also in between here, we get to see where Quintessa Quintessa finishes telling Optimus that Earth has betrayed he's them. Nemesis and, Prime. Yeah, you will become Nemesis Prime, and Optimus's eyes turn red. And uh, let me let me find the specific thing again. Uh, he just says, "I will fight anyone that stands in my way." And I'll like, take your face. <laughs> yeah, Optimus, uh, just constantly full of very direct lines. Uh, we <laughs> learn also that the horns are still growing for some reason. Uh, well, it's anyway, because Burton, when he contacted Simmons and looked at the book, he rips it out at this point post launching the ship, and he learns that Earth is apparently Unicron, which we don't really know what that is. But the, yeah, it's a, uh, it's the staff a just... will be used to drain the planet's life via an uh, access point hidden under Stonehenge. Well, we don't learn that it's going to be Stonehenge until later, but like, whatever. The rest of the movie's been in England, so obviously it's Stonehenge. It's Stonehenge. <laughs> They've also shown so, Stonehenge a few times. It's fine. It's it's a henge. Oh, what a henge. Um, and yeah, so Unicron, if you've watched the 1986 movie, you might remember Unicron as the giant transformer that eats planets. <laughs> Uh, played by fucking Orson Welles in that movie. Incredible. Um, yeah, Unicron's great. Uh, Unicron is also of in that movie. Unicron's also great in that as a planet, as as his planet form that eats other planets, he's indestructible. But then when he turns into a giant planet-sized transformer, he gets fucking owned immediately. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so so it turns out the reason that all the transformers are coming here and that Earth is so valuable is because Earth is actually Unicron. <laughs> yep. Turns out that, but they never um, saw fit to mention it. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely either, not a thing that. Yeah. Either way, in uh, 
in the burial site of Merlin, they go and lead, start trying going to try and find Merlin's staff. Um, and so it involves going through a bunch of really inconvenient passageways, which Transformers can't easily fit through. Uh, so they get, they get in quite a bit ahead of most other groups. Um, and they end up finding the tomb and they're like, oh man, think about what could be in there. It could be anything. All the proof and like (laughs) sadness or whatever. And like Vivian's like losing her shit. And Cade's like, it's okay. It's what you're here to do with your bloodlight. And then she opens it and inside's just like a regular ass staff held by a skeleton. And there's not even like half a second goes by before Cade's like, we came all this way for nothing. <laughs> yeah, Cade picks up this staff and like throws it aside. It's like, ah, oh, this fucking Transformers technology. Like he, he picks up this wooden staff and like, I think... I, when I watched this movie the first for the first time, like, oh, the wooden staff changed because it's Transformers technology. So it transformed from its normal staff into a staff, like a disguise, like everything fucking else about Transformers. But, like, it's not even about that. It's about that he didn't even, like, give it, like, 30 seconds or a t- moment of disbelief. He's just, like, immediately, like, what the fuck is this shit? A school for ants? And throws it on the ground. Like... <laughs> <laughs> He just immediately goes after it. How are these kids supposed to be able to read if they can't fit inside the building? (laughs) Uh, I mean, obviously we'll make it... You're right, we'll make it bigger. (laughs) And so she goes over and picks it up. She doesn't even do it on camera. Like, just all of the... All of the TRF guys show up and start pointing guns at Mark Wahlberg, and he doesn't have his Transformers Glock anymore. Um, But then, yeah, then Vivian just has the staff now. Like, there's no shot of her picking the staff up or even going for it. She just it has it. Tra- and it's- After she has it, though, it does show it transforming, at least. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, you could have just, like, checked this out for, like, another second. And then uh, there's all these dead Transformers around that suddenly spring back to life. Yeah, like dead knights that, yeah, just come, like, staff and, like, get very angry and start fucking up TRF guys. Yeah, and then TRF's, like, start pointing the guns at Vivian, and she's just like, alright, I mean, I'm the only one that can use the staff, so, like, and I'm so just gonna... And so she's like, okay, cool, and she just holds it over a pit and is like, shoot me, <laughs> fuckers. <laughs> shoot me, yeah. You wanna go get it? Um, I think it's at this point that, uh, that Nemesis Prime shows up. Yeah, he just, like, fucking cracks through a wall or something, because this, this place, as soon as they picked up the staff, started going upwards <sighs> in the sea. Yeah, because, well, because remember, because Vivian controls all Transformers technology. Darn... That's that's her birthright. Is the Transformers technology? Anyway, Nemesis Prime just fucking like cuts through wall and is like, "Your face, give it to me." Yeah, and then just like, <laughs> "You give me the staff and uh, give me the staff, or I'll kill all of them." And Mark Wahlberg's like, "I, d- you shouldn't give him the staff. That's a very bad idea." So Vivian immediately gives him the staff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "Oh, but if you shoot me, it'll fall off a pin." He's like, "Okay, cool." And she's like, "Okay, here's the staff." Um, uh, so then, um, so yeah, the ship is out of the water by this point. Uh, Nemesis Prime uh, is on the surface. Bumblebee gets in a big old fist fight with him. Uh, and keeps getting his ass kicked over and over again. Uh, Nemesis has him like at his mercy, basically. And then I just what, fucking who, out of nowhere. Helps, who is it who huh? helps out though? Like, there's a part where they briefly restrain him for a moment, and like it's not just Bumblebee. Um, I'm trying to remember now. I don't know. It's not important either way. While so, trying to anyway, deal with it, Bumblebee ends up like somehow while being strangled out by optimus managing to be like optimus it's me optimus it's me bumblebee your oldest friend and optimus is immediately like ah shit i'm a bad guy now aren't i which which i want to i want to remind now how is bumblebee talking (laughs) he ripped out his voice box by his own volition 
Yeah, no, literally he just Prime, stop. No, I am Bumblebee, your oldest your oldest friend, Optimus. I would lay down my life for you. And he's just like, Bumblebee, your voice, I have not heard it since Cybertron fell. What have I done? And that's also not true, because he definitely heard it back when he said he wanted to stay with the boy. Yeah, no. It's yeah, no, they just keep fucking doing stuff. Anyway, uh Megatron just shows up, whoops whoops prime's ass takes the staff and then the knights of the knights of icon show up and start just butt fucking optimus and yeah then the knights Mark of icon Wahlberg... were all the knights of icon were all on merlin's grave those are the things that were coming animate yeah and so then mark Wahlberg shows up and like just out of nowhere oh it turns out the the talisman that's wrapped around his bicep just immediately turns into excalibur yeah it transforms into excalibur as he goes to optimus's aid and it blocks off and then they all the all the knights of icon see it and like bow before him because you know now he's the new heir of england i guess yeah now he is the king of england <laughs> and yeah they all just immediately decide like oh, okay we're not going to kill optimus uh you're cool and then the talisman just kind of disappears from the movie <laughs> Yeah, he never uses it again. He never uses the sword and nothing else is relevant. Um, Yeah. But like, I think Megatron like snatches the staff during like this fight and confusion that's been happening. Megatron, Megatron whoops Prime's ass after he realizes that he's a bad guy and takes the staff. And then the Knights of Icon start kicking Prime's ass and Bumblebee's about to help him. He's like, no, I deserve this. (laughs) Um, Let me see if I can find my... uh... There we go. All right. I found I've right, I found I'm going to go off of at this point I'm going to go off of my live feed, my live blog that I did to Max while this is happening. Um let's see. Yeah. Megatron has a staff. Optimus is getting butt fucked by like 10 Decepticons. Uh now Mark Wahlberg has Excalibur. Everyone's bowing to him. Anyway, now everyone's going to team up to kill Quintessa. Um cuz oh yeah, also at this also so Cybertron's just here now the planet you remember like yeah remember they how, had to have, how, like a remember they had they, remember they needed to have a portal in the third movie to get it to earth like yeah it's well just instead this time how optimus got back quintessa just fucking just like all right we're just gonna take a trip and then she just steered all of cybertron back this way yeah and so uh so cybertron just crashes into earth um starts crashing it's, into it's earth. very close yeah they anchor like, a bunch it directly of... they send anchors out to earth above stonehenge yeah, and so you see all these chunks of like, and like I, I, I gotta say, like the 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 actual visuals for this scene are really cool. Oh yeah, no, I like they are. The bu- I like the busted Cybertron anchors that come yeah, out. That's great. And then uh, Megatron goes and delivers the uh, staff to Quintessa, and then Quintessa just holds it and gets enveloped in a blue column. And then the one of the guys from NASA, who's part of the who's who's played by the guy who played Buster on Arrested Development for some reason. It's just like, hey, uh, yeah, it turns out they're like draining all of the heat out of the Earth's core. And when that when the Earth's core stops rotating, we lose the magnetic field and all of us are going to die. And so TRF allies with the Transformers to try and get the staff back for Quintessa. And they first um, meet up. They're all meeting up at Stonehenge where Anthony Hopkins already is. And he has his cane, which for some reason is a shotgun. And he uses his cane, his cane turns into a Transformers gun. Yeah. Yeah, and he uses it, like, twice to do nothing, and then someone just, like, hits him, and he's like, oh, I did a good job. <laughs> yeah, and Cogman's like, of all the hosts I had to serve, you were the best bastard. Which I really wish, because it's a callback to an earlier line where it's like, of all the of all the Wiccans I've had to serve, you were the worst. And I really wish Cogman just said that again, because <laughs> it would have fit the theme of this movie. Um, 
anyway, yeah. So yeah, so that's that's when Quintessa plugs the the staff into the chamber above Stonehenge, and um, so uh, everybody else loads into a bunch of V twelve Ospreys, and uh, including like, oh, Isabella shit. who got here when they were shipping off the rest of the Transformers to come help. Yeah, because right, because because Hound's like Cause, cause uh, Len- you should Lennox, t- Lennox went and picked up the other ones to send them over this way. Yeah, yeah, and I remember specifically Isabella's like, "I want to come too," and Hound's like, "Ah, this is too, this is too much for you." And she's like, "Come on," he's like, "Eh, when you put it that way, I'm a terrible." Yeah, when you parent. put it that way, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like whatever. If you want to come along, great. And he's like, just really enthusiastic about that. So anyway, yeah, they all get an Ospreys, including Isabella, who actually snuck her way onto an Osprey. Um. And let's, yeah, so uh, th- th- there's a whole part in here where it's like, shit, this is at 50,000 feet, and Osprey's flight seeing is at 20,000 feet, so we're going to have to drop him out the back of an of another bigger plane. <laughs> and we're definitely not going to have any oxygen troubles, just flying troubles. Well, Mark Wahlberg is huffing really hard off of an oxygen tank. Yeah, but everyone's like, you're being, it's because he's nervous, not because it's thin. They specifically say that. Yeah, so they which doesn't they make any down. sense for the heights they go to. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. So they anyway, the Ospreys have, start like falling down real fast, and they get a bunch of them get shot down by Decepticon ships, except for the one that Cade and all of our heroes are in, which crashes, and like a dozen soldiers deploy out of the field that is like it has a shit ton of Decepticons on it. So they like they they make they they make a cover point. They start shooting back with their regular ass human guns. Uh K doesn't even have his Transformers Glock anymore. And they yeah, they get pinned down because there's this giant gun that's preventing any of them from moving forward. The other Transformers show up. They also get blocked because of the giant gun. Uh TRF says they're gonna back out and Buster's like, alright, we tried them we tried the Buster's been really mad that they're gonna try and do this like Merlin thing, so he's like, "Look, all right, here's the power source. We're gonna knock it out by using a tactical nuke. Yeah, we're to gonna blow- use fucking nukes, blow up this segment so that it'll like swing with the anchor over and crash into it and blow it up." And he's like, "Boom! There you go. Uh, physics. There you go. Fairy tales one. Phys- fairy tales zero. Physics one. I just saved the Earth, bitches. Um, and, and so like it, everybody's they prepare every- to do this." Uh, Cade is Cade and Vivian are basically the only ones that are like, nah, we gotta stay here and try and use the Transformer plan. Yeah, and then Isabella tells Squeaks, like, hey, I put a giant gun on you. Can you like go blow up that giant gun? And so Squeaks does. <laughs> just does <laughs> it. <laughs> like, just sneaks around the back door and like shoves its gun into the gun's gun and guns the gun so hard that it guns. <laughs> um but at this point TRF still still backing off because the fucking the US is going to launch a nuke at this at this chunk of at this other chunk of Cybertron. Um and so the the Transformers are still here except like but TRF the rest of TRF including Lennox backs out. So Cade and Vivian are st- still there. As the Transformers are fighting the other Transformers. So, so Internet, you may be thinking, right, like, ah, oh, a tactical nuke, like, even if it doesn't affect the Transformers, this has got to have some relevance, right? Answer is no. They fire it, it blows up the section of that, and the anchor swings, and it just misses, and everything's fucked up, and no, everything it hits, didn't do it. No, it, it, knocks the, it knocks the control point off, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, okay. That becomes way, an like important, it, that becomes an important part later on. Right, is, I forgot. It, that, that it gets knocked off, because... Um, what is it like? Optimus is gone. I don't know where Optimus goes off to, but like they're um, 
they're trying to deal with this like huge uh they try to deal with this huge decepticon uh what the fuck is his name he's a he's a combiner he's like five decepticons together no at this point it was the blur Uh, inferno infernicus he's one of the he's one of the evil knights that's pretty good as a name oh they did get the assistance of uh dragon storm again yeah they then they don't yeah so uh, also, Inferticus is made of five robots. These other five robots do not have. Uh, oh wait, there we go. Uh, Blight, Ripper, Snapper, Twin Strike, uh, and Windraiser are the are are. Oh, and Skulk. Um, so there Ripper you go. Ripper Snapper all, is a the, weirdly long name compared to the rest. Yeah, let's see. Does he have anything? No, he's got a stub article. Um, so, uh, yeah. So they're they're trying to fight. They're trying to fight with him. And but he's like way too big. I think it's specifically like Hound's like oh, I don't have enough ammo to deal with that. And then yeah, Optimus shows up riding uh riding dragon dragon fire. What the fuck was his name? Dragon uh, storm. Dra- dragon storm. Right. Yeah. Ride the dragon. Ride the dragon. And, dragon and storm yeah, Z. And then yeah, dragon storm hits Infernicus. Hits Infernicus and breaks him up into his individual Infernicons. Some other evil knights are there, and Optimus fucking. I'm not even I'm not even hyperbolizing. Optimus runs up, pulls his sword out, and in a big swinging arc, beheads like 17 Decepticons at the same time. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, we dealt with that. Let's go inside. So Kay and Vivian and Hot Rod and the other the other Autobots go in to try and kick Quintess's ass. Um and so they but they all end up running into Megatron who I don't know where I don't know where Optimus went again, but like they're fighting Megatron and they're all getting just they're 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 getting kind of whooped, except like uh I think yeah, there's a part is, where Megatron this... like has Hound pinned down and like just beating the shit out of him and hot hot rods just like ha stop the time and like shoots him with his time stopping gun <laughs> yep. for the second time in the movie. Yeah and then Hound's like, ah, okay, cool, yep. and then like shoots shoots a bunch of bullets out of his out of his three barrel Gatling gun, fucking Dio Brando style, stacks a shit ton of bullets in there that all shoot Megatron at the same time. You know, I will say though, um, I kind of wish they had just stopped the time once, so it made even less sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I wish it was a one off thing and not a thing that came back. Um. And so yeah, so they end up getting they end up getting in there. Um, they try to fight Quintessa, and then the tactical nuke goes off. It smashes the control system off, which shifts gravity. So Cade and Vivian start like just sliding down this incline because fucking they can't do anything, and because uh, they're just regular ass humans without any weapons. Uh, but Vivian needs to be there for because she can control the staff, even though every any other transformer can control the staff. Like, literally, she's the only human that can use Transformer technology, but any other living Transformer can operate the staff. Um, yeah, it so turns think, out it's not all that special in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, no. So Optimus gets in a fight with Megatron and, like, slices off his arm, and Megatron did, fucks off somewhere. And then, I think, uh, punches Quintessa out of, the, out of alignment. She gets back into alignment briefly everybody fights quintessa but she's like a transformers god so she's really hard until optimus just comes out of nowhere and like stabs her in the back with his sword and she just vanishes and then vivian gets the staff is gonna fall to her death so hot so hot stops the time again um and traps Cade and vivian in a time bubble while they can catch them um and yeah i is there anything else that like happens? 
No, they basically, they like the, they get NASA out has with a them. party to to celebrate that Cybertron is like not destroying Earth anymore, while Buster kind of sulks. Yeah, because his, his physics plan didn't work, work and fairy tales did. <laughs> yeah, so he's um, real mad about that. He's very very salty. Anyway, uh, yeah, both Cybertron and Earth spared uh, with Vivian removing the staff, uh, and then Optimus sends out his new message again. <laughs> yeah, uh, Which, let's see. So. Uh, a dangerous secret is buried deep. Or no, wait, hold on. There's, there's. It, it, uh, sorry, it's broken up by dialogue, which is why I'm having a hard time here. Um, at the heart of every legend, there is truth. A few brave souls unite to save their worlds. We can be heroes in our own lives. Every one of us, if we only have the courage to try. Uh, our fates were always intertwined, but now our worlds are joined as one. We need to repair our planets. Work together if we wish to survive. A dangerous secret is buried deep inside the Earth. There is more to this planet than meets the eye. I am Optimus Prime, calling all Autobots. It is time to come home. And so we get one last shot after this, which is of uh, the Earth and near one of the horns um, that is just hanging out around there. Um, and there's this uh, human lady who shows up there and someone says That's, to her, like, she's- hey, are you lost? As, as he's like uh, touching something. Um, or is she saying that something? I forget. But then she's like, I wouldn't do that. And when the guy was going to touch the horns, don't touch him. He doesn't like it. Who doesn't like yeah. what? Unicron. But I could show you yep. how to kill him. And then this lady's face flashes and oh, it's Quintessa. Yeah. And that's that is British actress Gemma Chan. That is her. Uh, that is her whole role. That was her attempt to that was their attempt again to pander to Chinese audiences. So yeah, that's so yeah. Uh, so set up set up Transformer Six, which is supposed to be the Bumblebee spinoff. So maybe set up Transformer. But it's 7, a Bumblebee prequel. Yeah, so Transformer Seven, I guess, will follow which, that which one. Which very importantly is going to have, uh, from what I read, um, uh, one sec, it's got it here. Yeah, it's going to star Haley Seinfeld and John Cena. So like, it's going to be bad, um, but I'm going to enjoy it. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch it. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, how useful is the lead actress in this movie? Which one? I guess uh, Vivian. Yeah, she was the lead actress. She was in there a lot more than Isabel. Uh, they gave her a, they gave her an important role in the same way that Sam Witwicky had an important role. Yeah, she was so I'd there say she's and she rel- was the only one who could use the MacGuffin. Fuck, she was so. more relevant than Kate Yeager most of the time. Yeah, honestly, this was kind of this was sort of Vivian's story. So I didn't like her very much, but like she was, she didn't do anything bad. She just was. Yeah, no, she was. Planned. She was instrumental to the story in a couple of ways. So, so yeah, I'd uh, say probably, probably the most highest. useful lead actress so far. Yeah, she had. Um, an, she had basically an. I mean, like I said, she had basically Shia LaBeouf's part. She was the random person that showed up that could interact with MacGuffins. <laughs> But I, I guess this is a thing to to reiterate something James said a long time ago. They did an important thing here in that she seems important where Shia LaBeouf is annoying for multiple reasons. But one of them being that um, there isn't. Are you familiar with the Steve archetype? No, not per se. Not so, that term anyway. Uh, so a, a Steve is I believe this might be a phrase from Loading Ready Run. Um, if you have a if you have a uh, a white brown haired a white brown-haired male who is the central figure of the central figure of the story that is a Steve. In order to change in order to not have a Steve, you have to change one of those three things. 
So the thing, one of the things that makes that makes Vivian uh, makes Vivian like mildly more interesting is that she is not a Steve. There are many ways to not make a Steve. People don't do it. <laughs> it's just, it's like it's it's the same thing as like the Bechdel test. <laughs> I can see it. Um, so anyway, continue on. Sorry. Okay, but as of best plot of this movie, this is actually the hardest move for me to decide because no one really stands out. Uh, I like, would disagree. I would say Hot Rod stands out tremendously. Okay, but that's only because he has a French accent and says, "My gun will stop the time." Yeah, which well, is that's the that's the whole reason we watched all these movies is because Hot okay, Rod has I'll, a gun that stops time. I'll accept that, but like, it's not anything that he's particularly a good character. They just gave him a gun that would stop time. <laughs> There's nothing about like his visual design that stands out to me, and his voice is oh, yeah, fine. No, the character's like, acceptable, his, his... but the one tr- interesting trait is that he has a gun that stops time for some reason. <laughs> um. So here's here's my here's my top three: uh, Hot Rod for reasons I already mentioned, um, Hound because he's a good good boy, and Cogman. I would of, agree with of that. All, of all the of all the ones in this movie, I would say that Cogman's given given the most time to shine. Given given the more interesting things to do, um, which is disappointing because I really like Hound. I do um, too, just, but he just they didn't wasn't give Hound a lot much. to. Yeah. yeah, no, they didn't give Hound anything to do. He shows like, up in a couple of the fight scenes. He doesn't even stop. He doesn't even use enough ammo to not need any other gun aside from his first gun. Like had this had they just had more time for him, he would easily be my favorite because it's Hound. But yeah, they just did not have enough time for our good good boy. Um, Interesting to note also because Mercedes bought uh because Mercedes bought product placement in this um Drift is a, is a Mercedes now which is impressive because Drift was a helicopter. <laughs> His swords were helicopter yeah, blades. Yeah, I remember that that he just all of a sudden was a car rather than a yeah, helicopter. Yeah, so he's a Mercedes in this. Um also Hound is a Mercedes military vehicle which I did not know existed. I didn't either. Instead of um, I, I can't remember the name of the other car he was before. He was he was like a military convoy vehicle in in a previous movie, um. But in this one, he's uh, I have the I have the name here somewhere for, um, Hound last night. He's multiple different kinds of cars, um, uh, Mercedes Unimog tactical vehicle, which yeah, I was not familiar with the Unimog, but both of his even both of his toys have that are are Mercedes Unimogs. Like modeled exactly to be that, whereas the other one was his um, I don't know the, the whatever the convoy truck is. It it has a specific designation. I just don't remember the name of it. Okay, so as for this movie's quality as a movie, it's bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It's it goes really my, bad. It, somehow I was able to somehow I was able to follow it and process it, which I guess. Credit to that, because this movie's fucking batshit insane. <laughs> it's batshit insane, is non-fucking-stop, they never take a moment to breathe, it's two and a half hours long, there's just too much stuff, too many characters, and then, like, they don't develop anything, ever. Other than Cogman. He's the only character with any development. Kind of. Like, kind of. But yeah, nobody... Nobody, nobody learns or 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 does anything. It's just a lot of. They don't have time to. They're too busy going to a new scene. Yeah, no, they they tried. This is this is on the verge. So this is on the verge of having the Spider-Man three problem of just doing too much shit. <laughs> Except, thankfully, in this one, they didn't take they they didn't take a time to. I, I'm trying. The one of the things I remember from uh, how did this get made 
is talking about one of the big problems with Spider-Man 3, which this one thankfully didn't have, was like, yeah, you know, I wanted to see a Spider-Man movie so I could watch it, so so I could see the story of Mary Jane's uh, failing, uh, what is it, uh, failing actress career. Um, yeah, this so does this, this does stay about Transformers. It does do that. But that's, that's most of what I can one, give to it. In fact, this one is interesting in that for the most part, it pretty much ignores that there is anything that happens outside of Transformers. Yeah. Which is the first movie that does that. But I, it's a shame because number four actually kind of blended the human element with the Transformers element. Okay. Yeah, no, those were those were interesting characters and I, I wanted more of them. But instead, they, we, we got something that is purely Transformers here. Um, just because, I don't know, yeah, there was a lot of shit they, they decided to throw down. You can see, again, like we talked about there was apparently Optimus Primal was supposed to show up at some yeah, point apparently. in this movie. So they were going to incorporate a lot of shit. Like they, they have so many things. There's so many things in this that happen. Um, it's really, it's really hard to describe. And that's, I think that's the problem. It just, it just did, it just did too much. It just did way too much. This is a fucking wedding cake of a movie. But it's like not a normal wedding cake. It's like those wedding cakes that show up on Cake Wars. Like it's a cake. It's a giant fucking cake that does a bunch of stuff that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. And which most of which is not edible. (laughs) (laughs) The diamond fruit cake. Fucking diamond fruit cake. (laughs) Uh, For for anyone who wants context, there's a like a two million dollar fruit cake that is inedible because it's studded with 100 or 200 diamonds. Look it up. Um, um, anyway, so uh, I'm going to rate this movie pretty poorly as movie quality goes. Yeah, I know. Even as a summer blockbuster, this is fucking awful. Yeah, it, like, it failed I'll, everywhere. Like, this is, this is not I'm breaking gonna, new territory. Right, so, so here's the thing I'm going to say is that um, I, I'm I'm going to like as far as as far as quality goes, I'm going to give this a four out of ten because um, i will say it did too much but it was i was still able to follow all of it and make sense of it which is impressive because this movie doesn't make any sense i don't think that's enough for me though to give it a four out of ten i'm leaning like closer to like a three out of ten all right i'm, I'm gonna stick with my rating but yeah no, that's fair. fair um okay but now as for how much we enjoyed the movie who <laughs> oh boy oh yeah no um Man, I I don't think I would. So my first time watching this movie and um, my first time watching Max watch this movie, (laughs) I enjoyed tremendously. I don't think if I watch this movie again, I would enjoy it at all because all of the what the fucks have been. I I know exactly what the fuck is coming up and I don't think I'll enjoy it now that like it's not now that I understand what's happening. So. But like, man, as the experience of watching this movie goes, yeah, watching it just once at least, like it's a pretty good experience. It drained me, and I w- I don't think it's. A- I still will say I don't think I liked it as much as just watching four because four was actually just an enjoyable movie. Four was yeah, no, four was four was good. All the characters were great. Um, a lot of good fight scenes. They had a lot of there was there were a lot of reasons there were reasons for things to happen. <laughs> Uh, there was motivation and shit, like, everything, everything made sense, and it was great. Um, what the fuck, what, okay, I just read this part of the, sorry, I, I, a brief, a brief aside, um, I just read 
in the production notes that June 4th, 2016, the world's loneliest dog is cast. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. Um, Freya, once known as the world's loneliest dog, having been passed up for adoption 18,720 times in her six years of life, Michael Bay saw the story and decided to change that, giving her a role in last night in Transformers last night alongside Sir Anthony Hopkins and promising to find her a forever home, and he did both of those things. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to move this movie production up to a 4.5. It gave a dog a home. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bump it up to a 3.5, sure. Um... <laughs> So, uh, but when it comes to movie enjoyment, I'm going to give this like a six, maybe 6.5. Um, I call it a seven. Um, I, I can go for I, seven. I can accept I seven. I didn't, it's, it's not an, it's not an eight or whatever the hell I rated Transformers for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was a real good time and it was stupid as fuck. Right. I had, yeah, no, I had a lot of fun laughing at it. Um, and just being bewildered by everything about it. I really everything about this movie it this this is this is what this is a good bad movie because it's bad in a way that is baffling and causing you to constantly guess what's going to happen next and you don't have time to like cool down so you never like lose this fucking roller coaster ever there's never a moment where you're bored you might be tired and miserable but you're never bored i'm just going to say if you if if you watch this movie and I and my weapon will stop the time does not do it for you. You should stop then and save yourself another hour and a half. Yeah, um, true. True. I'll agree with that. But like, how can that not do it for you? Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just like, that so part's good. Still funny in post. Like no matter what, that part will always be gold. I could rewatch that scene like 10 times right now because <laughs> it just fucking comes out of nowhere. Just my weapon will stop the time like that's a let me let me go back to let me go back to i like also that i can find the things that i wrote about this by just looking up the word butt fucked <laughs> but yeah no let me let me let me find the part here where i've um okay hold on there we go that was okay so i talked about anthony hopkins related to merlin and also has a site has a clockwork robot Excalibur was an alien artifact. That was with Merlin's staff. Here we go. Ha ha, fucked. So they're all cornered, and then Hot Rod says, I have a gun that can stop time and traps everybody in a time distortion bubble. Literally, he pulls this time-stuffing gun out of his ass, and the problem is instantly solved. (laughs) He just does it. It just happens. There's no setup. There's no... He... There's no... In no other in no other continuity does Hot Rod have a time stopping gun. In G One Transformers, Hot Rod's gun shoots laser beams. Also, I'm going to point out that again for trademark reasons, there's another comic that leads up to the last night that gets that that I think because they weren't allowed to use Hot Rod, he is he becomes Rodimus Prime for a brief period of time because <laughs> they have access to Rodimus. <laughs> He becomes Hot Rod in this movie because they got the trademark back. That's the reason why Hot Rod showed up in this movie and not the first movie. <laughs> Fuck. Um, anyway, yeah. And finally, eight. would we buy toys? Um, I'd buy a sick three-headed dragon. Yeah, no, the the dragon. Um, let me actually look at the dragon you know, storm. Okay, toys. I will also say most of Megatron's minions that showed up for like their one brief shoots, I'd be pretty interested in them. They're pretty cool. 
They made yeah, they made cool with it here. Let me just they let, look me, cool. I, let me get the toy line back up. Let me find um Nitro Plus, Zeus. Like, who doesn't, yeah, who doesn't want a thing called Nitro Zeus? Interesting to note, Nitro Zeus does not have a toy, but there is uh Decepticon Nitro. Hmm. Um so I don't know why he's called Nitro in one and Nitro Zeus in the other. God, Nitro Zeus is such a good name though. Let's see. His best this is okay, so this is Nitro Zeus's best toy, is the Voyager class. That's pretty good. Turns into a jet. Um, let me see. What about Berserker? Berserker had seven toys. Um, but he, but, but yeah, I don't know. But he, he's got seven toys. They didn't even bring. He didn't. Don't even, at me. But <laughs> yeah, no, he, he doesn't even make an appearance in this. He's just. But here, here's okay. Here's his deluxe class toy right here. Um, he turns into a fucking police SUV for some reason. Yeah, uh, which I'm is not... Chevy. Which is Chevy branded. I don't know not... why. I'm not feeling it. Um, what was the other one? We had Slash. We Mohawk, had Mo- Dreadbot, and Onslaught were the other ones. Mohawk has none. Dreadbot. John, not Dreadbot. Dreadbot doesn't have anything. Slash has a couple. Slash is a Dinobot, by oh, the fuck way. Slash. Oh, he's one of the Dinobots. Okay. Yeah. Um. <coughs> what, what was the other ones? We had Dreadbot and um out something Onslaught. Onslaught, Onslaught has- does not have a toy. Onslaught no, does not does. have a toy either. No, because I'm I'm looking up the the toy line. I have onslaught toys. Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, oh, Revenge of the Fallen. Never mind. That's not. Yeah, it was Revenge of the Fallen one. There wasn't any, There wasn't one. an onslaught made for the last night. There were a shit ton of Squeaks toys made. They were really trying to push Squeaks. Yeah, I don't know why. But I, don't, I, w- I yeah, would I don't. get I would get the Nitro Zeusel on the Voyager class one. That one's pretty uh, sick. Let me find all the Let me find all the Dragon Storms. Let me see if there's a good one. No, not Dargan. That's not That's not the thing. Dargan Storm. So let's see. We have the Turbo Changer Dragon Storm, which looks shitty. Um, uh, actually, it doesn't. Okay, we have a three changer. Okay, we have a couple of them. There's. Okay, here's the Premier Edition. This is the. Yeah, give me, this give is, me the good one. Which I'm gonna say is probably the best one. Actually, actually transforms from three different Transformers, which is cool. So it's actually That's a combiner. Pretty sick. Visually though, kind of weak. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say I'll like if it gave me a good dragon, I'd get it. But actually, like I kind of like that Nitro Zeus. Like I actually would own that. Yeah, the Nitro Zeus one isn't bad. Um, and then there's like uh, we have actually we have also uh, top level editions for both uh, Optimus Prime and Nemesis Prime. Wait, Nemesis Prime is a separate one. Yeah. What's different? Um, so you have a slightly different paint scheme. <laughs> is that all? Let me let me look up let me look up Optimus Prime because I, I can't find it in the toy line article, but I can find it under Optimus Prime on the TF Wiki. Um, let's see Optimus Prime slash ne- neg. All right, so let me look up Nemesis Prime. Fuck, where is the? There's a there's a specific toy for Nemesis Prime somewhere. Um, all right, I can't find it immediately, so I'm not gonna spend a lot of time yeah, looking for it. But it. there is a separate Nemesis Prime toy. It has a slightly di- it has a slightly darker paint scheme, and the eyes are red. And that's pretty much all that's different. <laughs> and I think it's just like, oh, we have the mold for this other really expensive version of Optimus Prime. <laughs> Fucking God. So, uh, any final thoughts about either this movie or now that we're currently caught up with this franchise? Um, I, I mean, I can see. I, yeah. Marky Mark and Michael Bay have to go. Um, this fucking this, this nose dived into the dirt. I don't know where this is. I don't know where this is going or what it's going to do. <laughs> uh, um, Unicron's gonna come up apparently at some point. Um, 
but I feel like this franchise is really running out of steam. <laughs> As for this franchise, um, fuck it. Uh, this this has been a bad series of movies. Number four was pretty okay, and number five was hilarious. Only watch those if you're going to watch them. The rest of them aren't even worth your time. Really, just don't bother. Yeah, like, no, the first three... the the uh, Dan, like, yeah. The, it, so the, the other ones made money because people wanted to see Transformers in a movie, and honestly, if you want to see Transformers in a movie, go watch the movie from 1986. It's really good. It's got a couple of good original songs and fucking there's a there's a musical montage sequence on a junk planet with aliens that learned English from TV. And it the montage is Weird Al's Dare to be Stupid for some reason. So go watch the movie from 1986 if you want to see if you want to see Transformers on a screen. And if you want to see Transformers fancy but good, then just just play. Age of Extinction. Uh, I was going to say Devastation. Oh, yeah, that too. Um and also, Age of Extinction is a is a soft reboot. You don't need to know shit about the franchise. Yeah, basically, it's- if you if you movie wise, definitely Age of Extinction. Game wise, play Devastation. Devastation rules, and that's about it. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, we might cover the sixth movie at some. Uh, we're point. We're definitely covering the sixth movie. We're doing it, Matt. We we committed to being the last of it, Wicked. All right. So uh, I'll hold you uh, to that then. <laughs> as a sign off from this subcast, the Has Brothers. Autobots, transform. And roll out. (laughs)